the frames. Music, movies, culture, and faith. Featuring your hosts, John Gibson and Joel Flores. Hey there, welcome to Between the Frames. We are here with another episode today. Uh, my name is John Gibson, joined as always by, by Joel, Joel Flores. Flores. Yes, sir. And um, I, I have to call it out because it's an exciting day as as your friend. Uh, but yesterday was an important day in, in Joel's life that he's been working towards for the last couple of years. Um, Joel, you want to share with our listeners a little bit about what happened yesterday? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, obviously, but I, I guess whenever this airs, yesterday will have been uh, Wednesday, December 1st. So um, I officially got sworn in um, as a Canadian citizen and does uh, a process that I've been working on for the last two years. It slowed down because of COVID and uh, I've been a permanent resident here and, and it was a really... It was a really great day. So I'm a dual citizen. I have my mm -hmm. U.S. and now my Canadian citizenship. And uh, I'm excited because, man, it just allows me to to really be part. Not that they didn't welcome me in. It just allows me to really be part of society and, and have more opportunities to do things. And, and John, it's a weird thing, man. I was, I was thinking about it afterwards. I didn't really think I was going to get as emotional as I did. I did. Like, like oh, I'm sure. Being with everybody and doing the the oath and then like singing the anthem for the first time as a citizen it's it, it got me thinking i was like man how special that is for people who choose to be part of a country who go through the process and you know whether they're a, a refugee or an immigrant or a, a family that's relocated or whatever or second generation or third generation how special that is yeah you know whether it's in the united states or here and it's it's one of those things where i think sometimes we take it for granted when we when we just kind of get it, we take it for granted a little bit, right? Sure. Oh, yeah. 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 I was going to start singing, Oh, Canada, our <laughs> home and native land, true patriot cool. love in all of us command. Yeah. Uh, I'm Ooh, not you even go. changed it to the new the new updated version. Look at there that. There you go. Oh, See? Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah. That's it's pretty cool, man. Like, that's like cool. The, the, studying that stuff dude there our, our societies are so interconnected and like mm -hmm. our 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 origins are so interconnected it's really amazing to i think i told you about this earlier and i'll get off the subject but when i was studying and preparing i was learning all this history and i was thinking this is so cool because it's like flipping the coin over mm -hmm. and and getting like more of the whole story and it just makes you appreciate like all of the process I think. oh yeah it's kind of yeah neat. yeah well, and, and for listeners who don't know, too, Joel's wife is a Canadian citizen. She, was, was Charlotte born there? Um, yeah, Charlotte's from Charlotte's from New Brunswick, and mm -hmm. they moved to Connecticut when she was about 10, and Nate okay. would have been like 12 or right. 13. Okay. And um, yeah, and, and, and my mother-in-law is American, but uh, her dad was a pastor, and they all, all the family came up here. And that's how they, they located here. And then her dad's from here and all that. So okay. anyway, Charlotte and I met at UConn in Connecticut. And uh, she she's always lived with me in the States. Like she was a permanent resident there. The weird thing is, is she should have her citizenship. But her mom, there was a rule, a law back then, 70s, mm -hmm. that didn't change till the 80s. Because her mom left the country when she was 16. Charlotte can't get the citizenship automatically, even though she's technically American. Whereas here... Oh, that's crazy. You know, so, for example, Emmett was born in Australia. He doesn't have mm -hmm. Australian citizenship, but he has birthright with his certificate. Okay. He could go and apply someday. But he was granted at the embassy. We, we had him get his U.S. for me. 
And then um, when we came here, uh, he he also had his Canadian right away. And the boys, when we moved here, we just wrote in and they got their certificates of citizenship. So they're dual as well. All right. But see, I mean, that's how it should be. Yeah. It's weird. Uh, The the (laughs) joys of bureaucracy and all that fun stuff. It's really hard, man, in the States. I have a friend who's going through that process now. He's Canadian and he's going through because his wife's dual and uh-huh. anyway they're missionaries and he has to come all the way back from oh eastern europe do the whole thing he went back and now he's got to come all the way back because they screwed something up in the appointment he's oh looking at me yesterday he goes i wish we could just do zoom right <laughs> oh my goodness wow right so yeah anyway man it's yeah. an exciting time and uh my youth celebrated it l- last night it was Shar surprised me with a cake it was a lot of fun yeah that's awesome we're, we're gonna talk about some cool Canadian. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Comedians, I think, right? Well, yeah, I was going to say, speaking speaking about the Great White North, we're going to talk about a movie today that uh, that has one of my favorites from the Great White North. I mean, other than <laughs> you and Charlotte, Joel, right? But, um, <laughs> but yeah, in the same category. Yeah, John John Candy, um, a movie that came out actually thirty five years ago, and it's a it's a good holiday movie. I, I was talking to my my family the other day and we we're trying to think about like what good thanksgiving movies are there this uh, this, this is, is the quintessential <laughs> like thanksgiving movie so um and and i am have actually been surprised uh y- you know when there's a movie i don't know if this happens to you joel but when there's a movie that has become like so ingrained in me and i actually meet somebody who hasn't seen it I- i'm always scratching my head and saying like did you live on under a rock i mean what's what's no wrong kidding. but but um i actually um it's funny because i i'm i'm loaning um one of our faithful listeners has um is also part of our community here and uh and our, our fan our yeah fan. Our, our fan right our, our number one <laughs> fan right but um yeah i loaned another movie uh to her or I'm loaning another movie to her that um that she hadn't seen and it was again one of those head scratching moments where mm. I, you know I'm just I, I made up for lost time I mean she and I have talked to I'm like I my parents had so many prohibitions on me when I was a kid that I think I went hog wild when I was on my own and said I'm gonna watch every <laughs> r-rated movie that I can possibly watch just to just to see all the things that I feel like I'd been missing so oh, my um, word that's so funny well hey listen you know what though that's cool for her because um, first of all we thank you for listening um, I, I know who you're talking about and um, I, I think it's great because you get to discover stuff for the first time. Like I actually had a friend over last week. I was like, you really haven't seen this. Right. And I kind of took some time off last week and he came up, he goes, let's catch up on some of those movies. So it's funny watching it through their first experience. Right. And then you're trying not to say all the lines the whole time in a movie. You're like, Oh yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, well, and, and yeah, and I don't think I, we haven't officially said the name of the movie, but it's planes, trains and automobiles. It's um, a classic for Classic. for for those who who didn't see it in the theater um it may be because it was r and it was really only r rated because of one scene in the whole my favorite movie. scene um yeah <laughs> i mean I, I was looking i was looking online and and um it's a pg movie man except for that very yeah, much what's so. the, i mean there uh, was no pg13 then too right right so. So Emma Stone was on uh, Jimmy Kimmel, I guess, at one point, and she quoted the entire scene um, uh, to Jimmy Kimmel. Another reason uh, I love her. <laughs> so, but, you know, great, great movie. And 
I, I think one of the things that, as I was watching this movie again, that really struck me, and, and Joel, you and I have talked offline about different directors. I think I'm more obsessive about certain directors, um, but John Hughes remains in my top five directors of all times. And I think one of the reasons was because of movies like Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, where you can have this incredibly hilarious movie and at the same time be able to put something like a powerful message and theme into it because and, and I think that's what you know our, our friend was surprised about in some ways was this movie's so funny and then all of a sudden at the end you get this kind of gut shot of a a powerful theme in it and and I don't think it's just um it, it's not just planes trains and automobiles I mean I think you think about um, Home Alone, right? Like the the mm. hilariousness of that movie, and some of the the um, the neighbor who we thought was you know killing people. Um, well, I think I think John Hughes. I think John Hughes, as he continued to write, he developed more into that. Like okay. where because because I think I love John Hughes too, don't big time. But like he's one of my favorite directors. But I think like early on it was more um, not that the stories weren't good, but he was really good at talking about the teenage, you know, um, the teenage story at that time. Yeah, you know what I mean. And and stories that were just you know because Ferris Bueller really doesn't have right. you know, even that doesn't really sure. have some sentimental. It's a great film, but it's it's all those things, right? You know, and I think a Sixteen Candles or Pretty in Pink or Pretty in Pink would probably be one. Like that's where I think he started to to bring to to get to the depth in the story where yeah. it's a hilarious movie but it's got like that heart and it's the social struggle and that kind of thing and then and then that's the thing about trains planes is it, it is hilarious like you know um dry funny um funny funny goofy funny and i think we're just used to kind of maybe really goofy stuff without um meat to it maybe now and so yeah that that's the thing is it had all that heart to it and really the thread line of the story was why is del griffith the way that he is we mm -hmm. we got the picture of why steve martin is the way that he is and his character right neil is really uptight and he's he's you know, puts maybe too much emphasis on his work and his job and all that kind of stuff and is trying to get home. And here you have John Candy, who's, who's, you know, his character is traveling, traveling salesman and, and they meet and they're polar opposites, but they're, they remind me of my uncle and my father, to be honest oh, with you, funny. who were, who were uh, my former uncle, but they were great friends. And he was exactly like Steve Martin and my dad was exactly like John Candy. I mean, from the socks, whipping them around to everything. And they were great friends, but they also aggravated each other that way. Right. Like, mm -hmm. you know, the Oscar and Felix. Right. Thing, the odd right? couple. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and, um, I mean, there's so many different levels to this movie too. I think, you know, you, you bring in about, uh, bringing up the idea of, of, like very very different you've got the 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 new york madman right like who's madison avenue advertising guy trying to get home to his family in chicago from new york for the holiday weekend and then you've got yeah the lovable like hey i love everybody everybody knows me i'm always gonna work the angle you know, I, I do a lot of work with strengths finders. This like John Candy is the woo communicator. Like he is the guy who's going to woo everybody. How do I win everyone over? And, um, and yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting. Um, from what I've read too, the, the, the 
kind of chemistry between Martin and Candy off screen was pretty incredible. This was the movie that I think really uh, solidified their friendship together. Um, that until Candy's death in the '90s, um, the two of them were were pretty tight, I guess. And and you can tell, like you you can just tell that they actually liked spending time and probably making this this movie together, especially those those last scenes. I mean, why know. why wouldn't you? And the thing is, is Steve, Steve Martin is an interesting person because he. He can be really silly funny, but he's mm-hmm. a very good, he can be a very good dramatic actor as well, but he's also, he plays a great straight man. Oh. Like, he can be a goofball, yep. but he plays that great straight character, Yes, um, too, and that's what makes it so good, is he's hysterical in this movie, but he's like so, I mean, right from the opening scene where he's like, you know, the guys, the boss is oh. like looking at which design, and it's just silent, and he's like leaning in, like looking, yeah. and you can imagine being in those situations where like, please, board meeting be over. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I mean, that's yeah. you, right? You'd be oh. like, oh gosh. Oh, and, yeah. And then you have, and then you have Del Griffith, you know, John Candy, who's like, you know, hey, just go with the flow, like everything's, you know, and and it, the thing is, in real life, John, I've heard this over and over and over again um, from so many people that they just loved John Candy because he was like he was. Mm-hmm. Like how you see him basically in Uncle Buck or whatever, like that's, I mean, that's one of my favorites, Uncle Buck, right? That's yeah. another one that has all that heart. But the thing is, is he he was genuinely like that and he was so kind to people on the set and people wanted to be around him and it does remind me of my dad like everybody always liked to be around him and you know he'd be like walking to the restaurant have whatever you want as long as not over five bucks you know like just everybody wants to spend time with you right oh yeah 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 and i i think um you know one of the things that i see in this even going back to that whole idea of the odd couple right i mean when you put two people together who are so dramatically different and then you put them into a situation or a scenario where they've got to navigate their way out of it with the only tools that they know how and i think that was the thing about this movie is you've got you've got del griffiths who's gone all over the place And so Mm -hmm. he's got these connection, these backwater towns and, you know, these hotels, the little, you know, mom and pop hotel. Um, And and then and Steve Martin is realizing like, okay, I I may be good on Madison Avenue. I may be good in my Chicago, you know, advertising agency, but like back here in the rural you know, parts of the country. I I think just in the real world everywhere. Like, I Mm -hmm. don't know what to do. I don't know anybody. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And Um, yeah. And that Um, comes with John, that comes with, that comes with, um, life experiences. Like just, it's, it's the nature of who he is. And, And obviously we find out why he's been so transient, but like it comes from just constantly putting yourself out there. And I would say this to people who are listening that, um, I think because of some of the choices Charlotte and I have made, my mom always says, my mom says this to me and knowing the conversation we had before the show, it's kind of funny, but she, she does. She, she says this to me. She's like, you know, Joel, the one thing about you and Charlotte is no matter where you've lived or where you've gone, you make friends for a lifetime. Mm-hmm. You make friends in all those areas for a lifetime. You know, not everybody's all your friends, but we make friends with couples or individuals in places we've lived where we continue to keep that relationship. And what happens is, is 
you can pretty much go anywhere. And and even in town here, like in the eight years, we've gotten to know we've gotten to know more people than some of the people who've lived here forever. Mm-hmm. Like in all the nooks and crannies. And you know, I can call anybody up right now and be like, Hey, I need this, you know, the air conditioner fixed or I need the electric put in. I know who to call. Like and and I think it's it's both and I think because mm-hmm. we've served people and they have and so I really identify with Dell's character. But I can also understand how Neil, who mm-hmm. Neil Page, who is yep. Steve Martin, why he gets so aggravated. Like, I think all of us can put ourselves in both sets of shoes, if you uh, will. Yeah, right? absolutely. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, and I, I mean, th- you talked about the boss and, and the guy who's kind of operating on his own, you know, clock. I, I had a boss like that. My my second engineering job out the of college. Scene. Yeah. Yes. Yep. And, and, and I'm like, oh gosh. Every time we had a meeting, it was like, oh my <laughs> gosh. I'm gonna go to the bathroom and like pull out my flask just to like get through this meeting because it's gonna be brutal. Yeah. I, I don't know if you I, you know how, for how many times I talking about that character too, the boss. I never knew there was an end credit scene in this movie until. Um, I just, I, I, in doing all my research, I, I read about it and, uh, I waited until okay, wait the end of the movie. I, I don't even, I don't even know that. And I own it. Okay. I do DVD. too. Okay. Now yeah. I'm going home today. So, I'm going home today. To go. So yeah, if you, if you go all the way to the end of the end okay, credits, don't tell me anything. Okay. Mm-hmm. I, I, I won't. Yeah. So you've got to watch it, but like. I mean, it's a throwaway scene in some ways, but it's still He's probably still it, looking at it uh, with with his <laughs> Thanksgiving dinner, basically. Yeah, I, I mean, uh, so I've never seen it. I oh hadn't either. I've never seen it. No. Wow. I can't. You know what? John? I'm surprised, man. I never thought that there could be something new that I haven't experienced in something we've seen. I know. Right, well, well, that I, you guys heard talk about rediscovering <laughs> things or discovering things for the first time. I mean, I, I was so glad that I did that research to find it because <laughs> I, I don't even, this is a movie that I've seen probably, I mean, a dozen times Dude, like a easily. Times. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, for us, for you and me to find something new in a movie that we've seen so many times, that's that's saying something. But um, I, might, I might actually video call you up and wa- have you watch me watch it no. uh, <laughs> for uh, like that, three seconds. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like people who are watching Star Wars or Empire Strikes Back oh for the gosh. first time, right? With people. Which so. is like... I yeah. can't even that blows my mind. Well, one of the th- uh, yeah. one of the things I I kind of wanted to focus on in the, in the relatability mm-hmm. of this is like is just the traveling part. And mm-hmm. I mean, gosh, I know you and Char have lived around the world, so I'm sure you guys have your fair share of stories. But like, in fact, you travel I'm, a lot though, man. I'm getting ready to hop on a plane just for the day tomorrow, so um, that ought to be interesting. Um, but You know, I, as a pastor, you would think that I would really enjoy having conversations with the people around me, (laughs) but I'm laughing because I'm like, this is confession time because I'm like, when I get on a plane, like, just leave me alone. <laughs> I, I don't necessarily want people to be like, oh, so what do you do? And and how how many children do you... And I'm like, I just want to get to where I'm going. And, I, and it's horrible. Tell me about the Lord. Yes. It's, I, I, honestly, <laughs> like, it's awful. I'm trying to change that. So you're, so, but, you're not str- so you're not strong on the evangelism skills, what you're saying, John? 
Well, I am, but not that kind. I'm not a five-minute evangelism guy. So I'm totally playing with you. Um, totally. You know what though? Like I, I go there too. Like the because you need your recharge time. I, I think it's this way. Like if somebody was really needing to pour out to you, I think that you would be very available to someone. Oh, absolutely. But yep. we need the recharge time. There's so much noise. There's so much give me, give me, give me. I need, I need, I need. Please do, do, do. That we need this like. At the same time, you need to just shut off because right. I, I'm an I'm an introverted extrovert, and I've discovered that as I've gotten older. I don't know if that's the same for you, but I'm I, you may be a little more you're, you're very extrovert, but you may be introverted as well. And the thing is, is is I'm discovering that. And Charlotte's the same way. We love to be around people, but after we've recharged from not talking to anybody, <laughs> yeah. Know? Oh yeah, yeah. That well, makes sense. Yes. Yeah, and. You know, I think part of it too, I, I when I was in my 20s, I, I loved traveling. I mean, you know, that was that was pre 9-11 too. So, you know, the world changed, um, especially travel at 9-11. Just free everything, just, just oh, rock and roll. It's just right. you. <laughs> so like back then, I mean, I loved to travel. I didn't care if I had to get up at, you know, oh, dark 30 and whatever. I, I just loved getting on a plane. I felt like a kid again. And and now it's just, uh, it's it's such a task. And now you throw COVID in it. You know, you throw COVID on top of oh, all that. You know? absolutely. And it's like, yeah. I'm, so, I'm nervous because we're going to head in for the first time to the States in two years. We cross the border all the time. We live 40 minutes from the border, right? Mm -hmm. We would go into Bangor or Portland or go down to New England all the time. And it's been two years man and so this wow. friday charlotte myself and my two younger boys elias has to stay because he's got to do a um the first aid course for high school but anyway we're we're going just to go down to bangor we have to get emmett's passport renewed in the states because it went up in july and okay. i have to be there with them and anyway long story short i'm nervous about all that because we you know not going in necessarily but like coming back we have this arrive can app and we have to there's exemptions within 72 hours we don't have to do all this testing and all that because the okay. border's a big deal right but i'm nervous about like do we do everything right do we have all the checklists done oh. whereas before you just drive up there and right. show them your stuff and they're usually they know us hey guys how's it going all right, right see you later you know yeah, yeah. <laughs> and now it's this whole other step where i start sweating thinking about it yeah yeah, and I, so I mean, maybe I can give myself a pass and say part of it's just that the agony of traveling now that and and, and you know it's I hard, would. it's hard, it's yeah. hard to have conversations with masks on. I mean, it really is, and I mean, oh, oh big, big time, man, dude. That's like you know, I, I'm not, <laughs> um, you know, I mean, and there's talk about the fact that they're gonna pull, you know, stop using masks sometimes in January. But honestly, I, I almost feel like this is gonna be the new state of the world. I mean, with all the different variants and everything. But I understand I, on a plane. I understand on a plane, though. I do like, too. Oh, like totally. Really close quarters. You can make an argument for a lot of other stuff. I totally, you know, and even here, I think we're a bit. You know, we're we're definitely more over the top. We we had a lot of freedom and total freedom of no mask for a long time till the variants started coming, and we're we're at ninety something percent of most of our people are vaccinated, right? And huh. and still, you know, the, the kids were in class. All my youth, like we have to have them. You know what I mean? And so, um, I'll t I'll pull them off when I'm teaching or something. But it's those kind of things. Or it is tough. It's a yeah. sacrifice all the way around. But at the same time, dude, we've had like no. You know, we've had no really big outbreaks or anything That's like good. that here too. Yeah. So it's like a, you yeah. know, you know. So it, it anyway. Listen, I'm not I'm not saying yay or nay for that. Don't hear me wrong. I'm I'm saying no. it is a major inconvenience, but yeah. at the same time, 
I can understand that. And that would be difficult. Like if I'm up on the plane, I can understand how that would be like, oh my gosh, you know? Yeah. Well, I'd be going to the bathroom just to take it off. I'll tell you what, though. You know, at one point during this movie, too, John Candy is sitting next to Steve Martin and he takes his socks off. And I'm like, I, I don't That's know. That's my father, man. I, I mean, Dude. I don't know if I, I was going to ask you, have Dude. have you ever, what's the worst thing that has ever happened to you as far as <laughs> sitting next to someone on a plane? Because I don't oh, think. Dude, I, don't, I got yeah. you. Do you? I got you. Okay. Oh, yeah, I got you. Man, I got lots of stories on that one. Okay, so hold on. First of all, not only were the socks... First of all, those are my dad's socks that he was wearing, <laughs> but the whole sock <laughs> thing... See, you should have watched this with my father because oh my he gosh. recognizes himself in, oh, in that. Yeah. He, I could hear him laughing, like screaming, laughing, be like... I'd be like, yeah, that's you, man. When you come home from work and take your socks off, that's exactly you. So he would laugh because... <laughs> You know, they're from the same era, right? Like, sure. John Candy always cracked my dad up. Like, even one of his favorite cameos is in Home Alone when he's the polka band. Polka, polka, polka. You know, we sold like 500 albums. You know, like, so, like, those things always cracked him up. But my, my point is, is, okay, so on the flight, I've never had anybody do that. But I've had a few things. <clears throat> one of the worst is when you have the person or kid kicking your seat behind uh, you the whole yes, way. yes, yes. So, so that's one that's, like, aggravating, right? Oh, and yeah. And the parents aren't paying attention to it. Um, I will tell you this. This is my own child. So when we were leaving to go, goodness, where were we? We were out West Coast, and I think we were getting ready to fly. We were flying somewhere. I don't think this was quite Australia. It was during that time. Anyway, we get on the flight. It was it was when we were coming back. I don't know, to and fro. We were, oh, no, I know what it was, Georgia, and we were heading out west. It was when we were leaving uh -huh. to, to go and everything. So our friends dropped us off at the airport. All of our stuff was shipped. We had our own stuff. So I have Isaac, baby Isaac, yep. on me, on the carrier. And he he had thrown up in the car, oh, our friend's no. car. And we had to get out. And he had the stomach bug, dude. So oh. our friend is so gracious. He cleaned everything out, whatever. And I take him. We clean him up. We change him. I put him in the carrier. We're going. We're going through all the stuff. He's real warm and everything. We get situated in the seat in the plane finally. And Charlotte has a lies. He's a bit older. And all of a sudden, this is just us going to L.A. And he... And then he throws up all over me, all over my shirt. It's like big hot throw up. Oh, no. And we're like getting ready to fly. And I'm like, oh, yay, because I have a great change of clothes. So we took his stuff off. I'm like washing my shirt in the sink. Then it's that like pukey smell, baby oh, puke smell gosh, the whole yes. time. And I'm sitting there for like a six hour flight, you know, uh, flying over. Dude. And, uh, and <laughs> you know, we stopped, we stopped in Dallas, actually. We stopped in Dallas and, and we we're looking around and. The only thing they had was a, a, a Dallas Cowboys onesie. <laughs> so I said, well, if you're going to throw up on something, might as well throw up on that. So we, <laughs> we, put, <laughs> so we put it on them. And, oh and, my and anyway, gosh. And, and at least there was the halfway break. I was able to change my shirt. But, but the point is, oh there was that. And then another time I remember, there was a lady sitting two over from us. And she just would not stop talking oh. and she would not let us rest. And she would just keep talking. It was like, yeah. it was like John Candy, right? You know, Hey, I'm page, whatever reading. He goes, did it? I love the scene when he goes, didn't you realize eventually that, that I was bored out of my mind? I started reading the back of the barf bag. Right. Like, you know, oh my gosh. <laughs> Steve Martin's yes. character. Yes. I yeah. mean, I mean, here's, here's the thing. Have a point. <laughs> right. Oh yeah. <laughs> right. So I've sat by yeah. people like that oh, and it is gosh. torture. Oh, I mean, it, is. it is. It is. It is. And, 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 you know, traveling with little kids has got to be one of the most difficult thing. I mean, it's, it's bad enough when you're on like a eight hour. I mean, when, 
when my oldest was born, we lived 12 hours away, like 12 hour car yeah. ride away from family. Mm-hmm. And I mean, that was brutal. Like I remember one Christmas, it totally backfired on us to leave like after, like in the middle of the night and my son mm-hmm. didn't sleep at all. He just cr- like screamed the entire time. And then mm-hmm. when my brother-in-law got married in, in Wisconsin, um, we, uh, my, my son, Tucker had just been born a couple of weeks before. So Carrie traveled with him. I was in school. So I took Dylan and Dylan kicked the be- I was that guy who had the kid who's, who was kicking the back of the seat in front of you. By the time I got off the plane, I was soaking wet from sweat from like head to toe. And you know, it was one, the, the, the most famous scene in this movie is right where Steve Martin, like drops the F bomb like 19 times went when I was deep planing and I'm carrying my I son. Yes. Car, uh, all all right. I wanted was to get <laughs> off the, you know, what plane and get to where I was going. And, and you know, the flight attendant is all like, oh, I hope you had a great flight. And I'm like, did you, you not wipe your rosy smile yes. off your rosy <laughs> did, did you not hear that kid screaming the entire flight? Okay. Like, that was okay. me. So that's hilarious. And I can totally understand. I know you're sweating with like anxiety and stress and oh all my that, gosh. right? And yes. So so here's what's funny. First of all, to talk about the film, I love that John Hughes, like, like other directors, Tim Burton will do this. Other people will do this. They use the same, a lot of the same actors. So that was like, you know mrs pool from like the, oh yeah the tv show and and then she, yep. she was the secretary in ferris bueller in ferris yep. bueller which is amazing and you know that just makes it perfect that oh. she is at the counter right she yes. had that little voice and you know and having that phone conversation and he's just standing there this is why that scene's so funny this is the scene where there's the 19 you know bomb F- right. the, the reason why that had to be that way and why it's so funny to everybody and again i'm not condoning that but what i'm saying is when you're real let's get real the reason it's so funny is because every single one of us on the planet have a moment where you're like that that right right there i just want to do that yes yes (laughs) oh yeah it's it's got to be a dream of anyone who's had i would think a nightmare paul would even say like yeah that right oh yeah (laughs) oh yeah yeah i I mean going to the sanhedrin oh I, I was, you know, uh, for for years. I, I travel way more than than Carrie, my wife, and I would always, you know, I got stuck in Nashville one night. Um, I got stuck in Chicago one night, and um, getting stuck in an airport is is never fun. Um, that would not e- be cool. Even even if you, I, I mean, when I got stuck in Nashville one night, I got to the hotel at two o'clock, and I need to be back at five thirty. So it was like, well, what, what was the point of even being here? But um, for years, I would travel and I would come home and I'd tell my wife, I'm like, oh, my gosh, like I, it, it stinks. And, and, you know, I'm prone to be dramatic at times. So I think Carrie, who tries to like deflate like the drama in her life, she's like, yeah, he's just he's just talk. He's just talk. Well, a couple of years ago, <laughs> Carrie and that I. Sounds so, that sounds so familiar. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She. um we went out to Sacramento together and um, we left our kids with, with our in-law, my in-laws up in uh, Connecticut, flew out of New York. And it was 
it was such a bad trip that like the flight and everything that my wife said to me, I'm never traveling anywhere with you ever again. Um, the, the flights were delayed. Um, so, you know, we got out to California and finally got in at one o'clock in the morning, California time. So we, it was 4am to us. They had given away our car, our car rental. So we had to Uber to the hotel the next day we got back to the place got a car rental as we're driving out i realized that there's the the tire gauge pressure like sensor went off well there's a nail there's a nail in the tire i I am so delirious yeah i'm so delirious at this point i I just i don't mean to laugh at your story oh no 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 so so we drive back in i tell them what happens and i'm so delirious that i just gave my keys to like anybody and then i i started getting paranoid because like five minutes 10 minutes 20 minutes and i'm like oh my gosh Somebody stole our rental car, Carrie. I can't believe it. Somebody stole our rental car. Like, I'm freaking out. She's like, don't worry about it. It's okay. It's okay. So finally, somebody, you know, rolls back in with the new tire and whatever. But like, oh my gosh. It was it was definitely top 10 worst, like, travel like experiences ever. So I want to I encourage you, dude, that like, I think... Um, did I tell you like I don't know if we talked about it on the show or not when we were moving into the house here at the end of the summer and all that drama and how they didn't have the rental truck the U-Haul and all that stuff I don't know if we talked on here but that was one of my moments where I just absolutely snapped I'd had it and I had a friend in the in the van that I'm kind of like walking with he's going through a tough time and all that and he, he, he calls me up later and goes hey man I just want to let you know um, when you lost it out in the parking lot and just, cause it was bad. The stress yeah. compounded. There was all this stuff happening. Our closing was delayed. There it was everything like that. The perfect storm. And I just, I just, I was standing out in the parking lot and I was like, you've got to be kidding me. I rented this truck specifically. I have the movers coming. I, I paid it. That's supposed to be here. And they're telling me there's nothing they can do. Oh, they get overbooked all the time, blah, blah, blah. So I had just lost it. I was out in the parking lot and I wasn't throwing the words around but i was just saying loudly like i can't believe this like what and there was a couple standing there going it just happened to us and i'm like and this is ridiculous you know i was like totally losing it and so anyway he goes i just have to say i i respect you and love you a whole lot more seeing you kind of lose your crap wow because because and he goes because I realized you're really real. Like, like Mm -hmm. it's just it, it he goes i understand like that's how it is right but but to speak to that it's encouraging to me to hear you tell that story and it also makes me laugh because <laughs> that is exactly how Charlotte would <clears throat> react. Yeah. And you know, she can lose her crap too and I'm sure Carrie can as well, but it's usually one one or both of us, right? Like so it's funny it's funny for me to hear that because when I'm in the middle of it, I'm like, why doesn't she understand that this is insane? You know, and and I'm picturing you telling this story going, "I want you, she goes, you left me with a car in the middle of a runway with a car that isn't there. <laughs> it's oh, like, gosh. Yeah. To keys to a car that isn't there. She goes, I really don't appreciate how you're speaking to me. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh that's oh, right. They, they they ruined Carrie's uh, suitcase, too, on that trip, too. So oh, that's I, nice. I well, like, just, you know, oh, add a little more. Gosh. So did that take her off or no? 
I mean, she was pretty. She was, yeah, she was pretty ticked at that. I mean, but I, that, I mean, you know, the nice thing was we we ended up um, later on in the week having a night. We drove into uh, Yosem, um, Yosemite and uh, had a nice dinner down in the Yosemite okay. Valley at this. But yeah, it was it was tough. And I, you know, it's one thing to travel with your spouse, you know, and your family and stuff. But one of the things that is hard and I think John Hughes captures it so well in this film is when you're traveling with somebody not because you chose to but because mm. it just kind of happened and and right. you know Neil Griffith and um and Del Griffith Del, and Del Neil, Griffith and Neil, Neil they, and Neil uh Page Page yep. they get kind of thrust together and right. one one's more flexible than the other but but man it is it is hard to travel with people. I don't know how many times you've traveled, Joel, with mm-hmm. groups that um, that you weren't either necessarily close to or didn't choose to. Like I, I've been on a couple of mission trips before, and those mm-hmm. were incredibly challenging because everyone's sure. got you know different approaches. Um, and then, um, you know. God forbid you S- ever siblings and family are like that. Oh gosh. Well, well, I, you know, again, one of the other scenes in this movie that uh, it, it made me cringe uh, when I watched it probably the first time when, when Dell and Neil are, are stuck and there's only one hotel room. And in that one hotel room, there is only one bed. Now I'm you, in my baby's you, arms. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> the morning wake up. Oh yes, yeah. Now you have sisters, but like I, me and my brother, for all my life, I have never ever shared a bed with my brother. Like I, it just it skeeved me out. Like and my boys, we forced them to have to you know do that before. But like even if it's flesh and blood, like I struggled, but. Uh, one time, a, a buddy of mine after college got married. You um, tell me you wouldn't share you wouldn't share a bed with me. That's what you're trying to say. Uh, I, well, you, I've known you long <laughs> enough nice that king, I might. We had, put, we had a nice king size bed, and we'll just you, you, know, <laughs> you guys go do something. You guys go do something. We're gonna watch some old movies. <laughs> Eat some wings and oh, <laughs> anyway. well, yeah, and and yeah, king size bed, even a queen size bed, but that bed yeah, that dude, they were but in this was, was a like full size, yeah, like a double. Do, oh, totally. and, and John Candy's not a small guy. No, <laughs> no, dude, no. And and I I had a nightmare had, like that happen when I right after college, buddy of mine um, from college, and you know we went to church together and stuff. After uh, he got married in Jersey and. I, I was in the wedding party and he had assured me that there would be a place for me to stay so I didn't get an extra room. Well, when I went into the quote unquote room where every where I was supposed to be staying, there were people everywhere. It was like a fraternity party. So I'm like, oh my gosh, where am I going to sleep? Well, there's a bed and I'm like, well, and I, I mean, I was in my 20s, so I was even more arrogant than I am now. So I was like, well, I was I was promised that I would have a bed, and well, this other guy who I'd never even met is sleeping in this bed. Well, I, so I'm like, okay, I'm I'm all the way up to the edge of the bed. I'm like just sitting there, and then at one point during the night, like a toe touched me, and I literally I don't think I've ever moved that fast before <laughs> or since. 
I got up so quick. I grabbed a blanket and I like went into a corner and crawled up and I'm like, oh no. Oh no. Was this, I the, will cry- not- was this the crying game for you? Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I don't know. I've got issues. I get it. Like I, I, I I'll, I'll admit uh, that. No, but- well, listen, listen, I'll tell you what though, man, that's totally Charlotte. Like that is 100% her. Like, don't touch me. I'm not, you know, and, and she always says this because her family are very touchy feely, but like, I guess not in the way mine is, but hers, and she <laughs> hates it. She's like, don't touch me. Like, I have a touch, gro-. like, you know, like, oh, come here. And she's like, you know, she's like, my mom likes to just like touch my arm while she's talking to me. And I'm like, Ugh. that's what she, she's, she's just like, stop oh, touching me. Yes. And so it's funny because it would be that same, that same kind of thing. But as you're telling that story, I was thinking about, um, Charlotte and I recently saw, uh, was it last night in Soho uh, in the uh theaters Uh, Mm -hmm. really good really good um but the girl in the beginning the part of the story and how it shapes is she she goes and gets her own place because she's going off to school she's from like a country town outside of outside of London comes into school a designer school anyway and she's this innocent little girl you know teen and she goes into the dormitory and it's like you know first of all the other people are really mean and catty because they're from around there and then (laughs) she's in this you know dorm space where they're having parties all the time and it's like a suite and there's like 50 people in there and she's trying to sleep and so she's out there and then she's just like curled up in a in a blanket on like a couch and the place is like a disaster and she's late for class and she's in charlotte was just like oh my gosh i so identify with her mm. like i'm getting out of here yeah i don't care what the place looks like i'm getting my own place right and yeah then the story goes from there but it's like you know it, it, it's that it's a normal what i'm trying to say is it's kind of a normal reaction you know i mean some of us i don't know how look dude i don't know how like comfortable i'd be like oh i'm just gonna jump in there you know now you know there are certain people i could i wouldn't have a real problem but it's one of those things where you're like you know especially the two of them have really just met each other oh yeah you know and del griffith gets on his nerves because he really wants to get home he really wants to be he's got that on his mind he knows he's late this is a delay it's very inconvenient and here's this guy he's trying you can see it he's trying to appreciate him for who he is and, and yet at the same time he's trying to tell him don't worry everything will be all right don't worry you know because as we look at the story we realize that Dell, and that's what makes the ending so poignant when Steve Martin's character figures it out, the aha moment when he figures out why the behavior has been that way and when the relationship got to a good point towards the end of the story, it's because Dell Del wanted and craved the companionship mm-hmm. and he needed the companionship yeah. and in his character was just like this is a real inconvenience and this is where i'll get into this part of the topic if you don't mind sure i think a lot of times us in ministry or those of us who are uh, uh, you know part of the church that really want and have a heart for people and want to do well and mean well we've got so much going on in our own lives that we miss a lot of times the person who is really hurting or who is lonely yeah. or you know because they're an inconvenience to us and I, i'm talking to myself here i'm oh, not yeah. talking no, down yeah. to anybody yep. like how many missed opportunities we have? We don't really care what the clerk's name is that gives us coffee every day. We don't really care, you know, about this guy behind me. I mean, John, on my way in today, I never stop for coffee. I always make it from home. But this morning I, I was running and I got in line and and I've had this happen a couple times now. But the person in front of me, I don't even know if I knew them. They paid for my coffee. I pull up to mm-hmm. the window and they're like, oh, that person paid. And I'm like, I've done that before. Mm-hmm. But I'm, I'm going, 
oh, that's just so nice. Like, it, you know, it makes your day. And, and we realize how much, how oftentimes I think we miss it. For as many mm-hmm. times as maybe you, you catch it, right. I think we miss it. And it speaks to when you were talking about being on the plane. I get why you don't want to talk to people. Like, I totally get it. Yeah. But at the same time, you know, it can be tough because we just want some me time you know what I mean oh yeah 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 Yeah. no I and 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 I think that's one of the things about this movie because I the person I can relate to probably the most in this is Steve Martin's character that because I've been that guy who was like so obsessed about getting to where I'm going or you know doing the thing that I need to do and and the, I think one of the amazing things about this movie, even in its its humor, is the ability of Hughes and even J- Steve Martin to really to to give a picture of people of what transformation looks like. Because yeah, absolutely. You, you think about absolutely. the scene right after, um, you know, the the whole like, well, right before actually they went to bed, you know, and then woke up in each other's arms, right? But but where Steve Martin just goes <laughs> off on Dell and and like I, I mean it, it's it's like almost like an office moment like when you're watching the yeah, office and you yeah. see Michael Scott and he says something completely awkward I, I'm listening to all the stuff spew out of of um, Neil's mouth and I'm thinking like okay I, I get it I get it I, I probably thought it but like one of the areas of growth that I've had to like really try to push into in the last couple of years is just because you think it doesn't mean you need to say it like or just because it's true doesn't mean you need to like actually tell somebody and all those things that Steve Martin's character um, Neil was feeling golly it was like a new dagger every two seconds with like you know I mean like uh People ask me, you know, how how do you do it? How do you sit through Charlotte this? Charlotte and I say this all the time. I could sit in hours of insurance seminars with a smile on my face. I just said this yesterday driving around. Yeah. And you didn't ask me, how can you do it? And go, because I I've know been Del, Del Griffith. Griffith. Yeah, exactly. Go, oh, I know what you mean, the shower ring curtain guy. Right. Oh. You, yeah. and, and, and and he's like the chatty Kathy doll. Oh, Except yeah. You, don't, you just pull your own string and keep talking. <laughs> and the thing is, the thing is, though. John Candy's response, that's one of those moments, too, where it's just really good writing. Oh, my gosh, Again, right, because, okay, here's why I like that scene. Because it was important, actually. It was important for their relationship. It was important that, in some regards, it's like, yes, you don't don't say things that you don't need to. You you read the room, right? Mm -hmm. In this case, they're together. They're going to be together. They've got to be together. And, And in one regard, I would rather have somebody tell me what they're actually feeling and get it all out. It was like verbal vomit, right? Yep, totally. And yeah, it was hurtful, but it gave Dell the opportunity to, to put, to, first of all, to give some perspective mm-hmm. and then also to put back on him. Um, you know what though, man, I might not be perfect. I might be this annoying guy and yeah, I need to work on some of that stuff, but you know what? People like me because what you see is what you get. I'm not yep. trying to impress anybody. I'm yep. just who I am. Yep. And that really stings with him. Like it really does. And then afterwards it's funny because he's like, oh, well they, you know, they end up going to bed and, and, and then the next morning is why it's so funny. Sure. But I think that was the first major step. And just like in any friendship or whatever, you gotta be real. Like yes. that's the first major step in 
okay, we've gotten a lot of that out of the way and there might be more things. But but then as you see the movie go on, there's so many great scenes like, you know, Dell steps in and rescues him so many times with the whole car rental scene and they drive off in that car. And, you know, even when, when one of my, oh my gosh, is Michael when they're McKean. driving between the two trucks. Uh, okay, so uh, Milo and I, because we've seen this so many times, there'd be times we were doing road trips down uh-huh. to like the Panhandle or something and we'd drive next to each other and I'd go, you're going the wrong way. And we'd be like, <laughs> Oh, what are you talking about doing the like the drinking thing? Right. And, and we'd be driving. And so oh it's that scene, for example, when they go between the trucks and he's like, ah, ha, ha. And he's like dressed up like the devil. devil and yeah. like he turns into the skeleton. I mean, man, that is, I mean, and obviously they use that skeleton thing later in Home Alone 2, which is one of the best scenes, right? When, when Harry's getting like Marv is uh-huh. getting electrocuted. It's so funny. But th- that, that. That's that silliness that's mixed in with uh, the heart, right? And yes. that's why it's so, I just think it's unique. You don't get a lot of that today. It's either all silly and goofy or it's, right. you know, more of a straight lace. And, and I think that balance between a lot of heart and and a lot of like a bit of over the top humor too. Mm-hmm. And, and, and again, it's expressing how we would all feel in that moment. But here's the difference. After that happens. After that happens and they spin around and they get off the side of the road and they get out and they talk, they start laughing. Right. It, Steve Martin just starts having a laugh about it. And it's oh, yeah. because he's like, you know what? I mean, whether it's he's just so over it or also he's just kind of like, you know what? This is kind of funny. And he's also like, it finally happened to you. Right. It finally happened to you. Yep. And then the car goes on fire and he's like, you know, and of course we find out that he had his credit card and it was in the glove compartment. He, I slipped it back in and you know, all that stuff. Right. And, oh my gosh. And, yeah. But, but all of that bond brings us to, you know, one of their final stays and you know, he's out in the car, John Candy's out in the car freezing and all that stuff. And he hasn't come back in and that's where their relationship really that's where they became friends. Yeah. They really yeah. opened up to each other about a lot of stuff, right? Oh yeah. Well, and, and, and again, they didn't, they didn't necessarily choose it, but even, you know, you're talking about your brother-in-law, right. And, and doing road trips together and stuff. I, I mean, one of my best friend from high school, in fact, I just, I just sent him a text a couple of weeks ago because, um, like we took this infamous trip across Pennsylvania to Ohio and uh, I fell asleep at one mo- at one point and I woke up and like, we're in the middle of like snow cover. And I'm like, what did you do? Like, he's like, I missed a turn. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, why did I fall asleep? But, but, um, but like, I mean, you know, that was, Oh my gosh, that was like almost 30 years ago that we went on this mm. trip and like, we still laugh about it. Like when I you know. do stuff yeah. like that, like, and if you give yourself over to those times, again, being thrust in to a situation that you weren't necessarily, that you didn't choose, that's harder. But, but I think to your point, like it's like a tipping point for Steve Martin's character where he finally says, you know what, like I'm going to make the best of this. I, I can't do anything about it. And I'll tell you what, man, I mean, even tomorrow I'm like, okay, I've got a crazy day of travel, but, um, I, I've tried as much as the control freak that I am, um, can try like to just say, okay, can I enjoy those moments? I mean, what we were talking about before even of saying, okay, put yourself aside for a minute and, get into somebody else's head or try to try to understand like the people around you have an awareness 
of what's going on. Because if you don't, like, what are you missing? I mean, to your point, Joel, because I think when when we get so caught up in the holidays, honestly, like one of the things that I I can't stand about the holidays is that people get so self-consumed and selfish. I mean, I used to go out and bring the boys out on Black Friday. Um, I know Thanksgiving's different up in Canada, different date than than here. But like, I, I mean, I I never really bought a ton of stuff, but like it was amusing as crap to like watch people. <laughs> and I feel guilty saying that. But like, I mean, watching people and I'm like, oh my gosh, like, like if someone believes in evolution, like we haven't really <laughs> progressed very far. If you go out on Black Friday and you see just how animalistic people can be, but like, yeah, are we yeah. taking time to say, hey, um, I'm not the most important person in the world. I, I say this to Carrie all the time. I'm like, man, it must be amazing. Not not because she does this, but because of someone I encountered during my day. I'm like, it must be the most amazing thing in the world to be the most important person in the world because that's who the yeah. person I just passed in the grocery store is or whatever. Uh, I, I'd like to speak to that for a minute. Uh, you, you brought up some incredible points. Um, maybe a little bit of perspective. I always like to bring perspective to our, to our listeners and it's, it's a couple of things I've learned um, being both an Australian, like here, um, we, we actually, they have the black Friday thing, but it is nothing. I mean, it's the sales and all that stuff, mm -hmm. but the behavior, um, at stores, I have never seen what I've seen all over the news or witnessed wow. myself in the United States or like in Arizona or something like that. Like I, I actually did a video piece that I put together when I was um, at catalyst in, in Phoenix. And it was actually, you know, um, about God saying, you know, like, do you love me? Like you don't have any other idols before me. And it was, mm. it was this, these scriptures that were coming across and it showed scenes, the news scenes and it wow. showed people stepping over each other and rocking the gates and like trampling people like a woman getting hurt and, you know, fighting over TVs and punching each other and throwing stuff. And, and I, I don't know what to say, man, but dude, like it's a big problem in the United States. Yes. It's a big problem. And, and ev here's the thing is everybody can see it. Like every, I don't know that people understand this, that we all watch it. Like we watch Jerry Springer or right. the Bundy's or whatever, yes. like everybody yep. can see into the living room and the, the behavior is just, and it's not everybody, but the behavior is just, there's nothing like that really right. anywhere, you know, I mean, in, in the developed world, there's like nothing really like that. And so mm -hmm. to everybody else, it's just kind of like, oh my gosh. But also, you know, it speaks to a lot of the climate of why people fight the way they are fighting with each other and are so divided. It is such a selfish mindset. Mm -hmm. And I'm sorry, but it is. And speaking from a kingdom perspective, it's yeah. our selfish sinful behavior and we're sure. all about me and I'm number one. And as long as I get my number one first, then, you know, maybe we can think about some scraps for everybody else, which is completely counter to the gospel. Absolutely. And anybody who brings that up, they're like, well, you know, I mean, you know, it's like, no, you know, yeah. and you know, and, and then the other part of that is, is this, um, I was talking to friends because they they keep getting mad. They're like, everybody putting all their Christmas stuff up already, and everybody everywhere. I'm not putting <laughs> Christmas up till after Thanksgiving. And all this, and I, I write to them and I go, hey guys, I just wanted to say I, I totally understand what you're saying, and and I said I, I just want you to think about this for a minute. 
you know that you're the only country in the world that doesn't put Christmas stuff up till after November 24th or 25th or whatever it is, right? <laughs> yeah. I go, y- you know that, right? And nobody would write back to me. Oh, that's I'm like, funny. You're the and, and I get it. I understand why. If I was sure. there, same thing. Sure. I go, you're the only ones that have this holiday Thanksgiving. I go, for everybody else, there's like a rule. Like up here, we, we had to adapt to it. But up here, it's after Remembrance Day or Memorial Day. Uh-huh. After, or Veterans Day, rather. Uh-huh. After Remembrance Veterans Day then it's go ahead to do Christmas. Now, some people who put it up after Halloween, that to me, I'm like, what are you doing? But after that mid-month turn, you know, or after the 10th or the 11th, after the 11th, it's go for it. And actually, I kind of like it because here's why. First of all, it feels like winter up here. But secondly, there's not, we can kind of enjoy, we settle into enjoying the season and it's not like boom my turkey dinner's over and now i gotta go shop 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 shop. it's three weeks till we landslide into stuff and then we're gonna return everything and shop some more nah you know what i mean it's like Mm -hmm. this condensed into four weeks of maniacal whatever it is and i've enjoyed this because it's like you know what we have eight weeks to just breathe breathe and so so good so here's what i'm saying guys is just have some perspective because it's really ignorant like they would not write back to me and all i was saying was like you guys realize that you're a you're not the only people on the planet but b you're actually the ones who are the only ones who do this like the rest of the world like europe and everywhere else that celebrates has stuff up yeah (laughs) you know what i mean well and but it's funny how you don't think of it right it's funny how you don't think you're right you're right and and it's you know i never you know growing up in church i never celebrated like the liturgical year or anything like that like i don't i mean i think we had advent candles but i don't think i fully appreciated and understood until like much Mm -hmm. later in life but but there's something to be said about marking off these periods of the church year, like Advent leading sure. up to Christmas, like Lent leading up to Easter, because of just what you yeah, said. I love that. I mean, I, I think that word that you used is beautiful, breathe, right? Just breathe. Like, and I, I was I was so relieved in some ways this year to realize that stores were staying closed on our Thanksgiving day and they weren't going to open until Friday morning. I was like, okay. Well, you know, there's so much garbage that's, you know, and it's been oh so, my word, dude. it's been so, you know, COVID has been so painful for so many people on so many different levels. And so when you see some kind of silver lining that like, okay, like Black Friday and our greed was creeping into the day of Thanksgiving that we had created and to see it being pushed away again, all that greed and stuff, it was it was encouraging to me. And I'm like, well, let's hope that it sticks, you know. But um, yeah, I well, I mean, we're the only other thing that I I wanted to kind of bring up, and you know, we talked about the tra- I talked about the transformation that happened in, in mm. Steve Martin, and um, you know what i wrote down in our our little notes here joel was that like everyone has a story right and yeah, and that's right. the question is do we actually take time to hear that story and yeah, res- so good man. and and i again one of these i'll be the first one to admit that like i am still a work in progress with this but like mm-hmm. I, I am the one who who responds first it's like sh- ready um 
fire ready aim is what my you know motto right. generally is mm-hmm. like you know shoot now ask questions later and um, <laughs> yep. and I think that's the way that Neil you know Steve Martin's character was in the beginning but by the end of it he's finally come to this place and, and again how John Hughes beautifully writes it and how it's filmed so well is you know here Neil is on the train going to his house he's all excited and then he starts replaying some of the lines that he heard John Candy say um, over the course of you know the days that they're traveling together and he finally comes to the realization that you know what I, I don't think this guy has a home I, I don't think this guy like he's talking about his wife and he's traveling with her picture but I don't think he hasn't been home in years. That slips out, right? right. I haven't been home in years, right. but it's not. And he tries to cover it as metaphorical. Well, I mean, I just, I'm so busy, right? But right. he realizes he's lonely. Yeah. He's alone. And, you know? and, and then what Steve Martin does, like he, you know, he could have said, well, you know what, hopefully he'll, he'll take care of himself, whatever. But like, he actually gets on another train, goes back, talks to him and invites him to come. And, and I think, you know, that's what I want to leave everyone with is, you know, especially in the hustle and bustle of, you know, the holidays and stuff, we can easily get to that place where we're thinking, man, I, you know, I, I just want to get home. I just want to hang out. Like, but are, are we going to take time when we actually see something and ask questions? Yeah, those are the moments when we need to, those are the moments when we need to stop. Those are the God moments. And, and you're right. It would have been, but that's where he's had that change of heart. I mean, they've, they've both, to, to be honest, they've both in that short amount of time, which is, you know, the span of the two hour movie is he, he's, they've, they've infected each other in positive ways. You know, the fact is, is Del Griffith needed some accountability for his behavior and he needed to be more organized mm-hmm. and, and not, and just realize that, yeah, he's loving and jovial and has a great big heart, but he has to be considerate of other people as well. Right. Like there is that piece that he learns from him. I need yep. to be considerate and, and not just so loosey goosey. Right. Okay. And Neil learns that I need to lighten up a bit and stop missing life around me. Like yeah. I need to unwind a little bit, right? right? The things I can't control, I need to stop no. being so controlling. Yeah. And I think that's a message I always get myself. And and when you see that played out, that's where they've learned that from each other. And that's where his heart of compassion comes in, where he starts laughing through everything. He start, And it's true. After a thing, we can look back and go, oh my gosh, that was awful. Oh, I'm sure right. even that nightmare of a story you told about that travel trip, there are a couple things where you can chuckle about it. Oh, right? sure. But, but there's those things where... He's laughing and he's thinking in his mind, you know, this guy's pretty awesome, actually. Like, right. he's, he's he's very unique. You know, he tells him that you are. De- it's definitely been a, an experience. But I think it's one of those where then he puts two and two together. Wait a minute. He starts thinking and he's like this. His his wife is gone. Right. Like something happened. Right. And. If you've seen it for the first time, I'm sorry, but if you haven't, but that's where it clicks for the watcher. You know, I mean, those of us who've seen it a million times, but that's where it clicks where you go, oh my word, man, this yeah. guy. And and he, and he we're waiting for him. He goes back and gets him. And there's that triumphant walk where they're both carrying the crate, yes. probably walking down the same street as Home Alone yes. or anything else. They're walking down that street right. and towards the home. And, and you know, and he looks at his wife and sees everybody, and and it's it's a very poignant moment. Oh my gosh! Says, I want you to meet. I want you to meet my friend. Right. You know, yep. And yeah, it's with, the same thing at the end of Uncle Buck. 
uh-huh. gets me every time too. Every time it gets me with the with the niece and him and everything that they went through, and she's just waiting for him, you know, looking at him, and he just returns that smile and and waves to her. And even now, I'm thinking about it every time. I just think like, oh my gosh, yeah. you know why, man? Because the difference that your life can make in people's lives, like the difference that you can make when you show that you really care, and sometimes the care is. You know, it's not the easy thing. It's right. not the easy thing. It's, it's hard. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Yeah. When you hear every time you go away playing in the background of that song, like that's when my heart starts melting and I'm like, it's cloudy in here. My eyes are like starting to water um, at the end of that, at the end of planes, trains and automobiles. Yeah, it's it's powerful. And again, I think that's one of the reasons why I, I really I like this movie. And I know some people can be turned off by you know okay it's that one scene that, but i mean overall i think you know it's a it's a great film it's a great holiday film especially because this is one of those times where i just have to say the one scene fits the whole movie oh. because everybody has been there Absolutely. and you just got to laugh you just yes. got to laugh yeah. because it's like dude even if you're like i would never talk like right. that which is great good for you exactly. but what i'm saying is 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 but you can identify. Oh, you know, you know what though? In my head, I've definitely been like, "Yo, I'm but choke this person out." <laughs> like, yes, right? yeah. Because if if you, well, honestly, if you say that you've That's never been in that place before, then then I, I want to yeah, sit listen, and buy you, you coffee. I don't trust. I don't. Tr- I don't trust you. <laughs> exactly. The, the truth <laughs> is, I really don't. I, I don't. And if you're in ministry, if you're you love Jesus with everything you are and you actually say, Oh, I've never, or no, that would never cross my mind. I don't trust you because right. you know what, dude, I'm just being real totally. because baloney, right. baloney, man, because right. all the disciples would tell you, Oh yeah, we've been there. Oh yeah, totally. <laughs> you know what yes. I mean? Absolutely. Only Jesus hasn't been there and that's, that's why he's God. <laughs> yes. Right. Well, <laughs> well, so, that's uh, yeah. Anyway, wait, well, um, you know, if you great movie, uh, I highly recommend it. Add it to your rotation of holiday stuff, and you know, if it's your foray into John Hughes, it's a great place to start. Yep, definitely. Well, good stuff, and uh, thank you all for listening. I hope you enjoyed it. Hope you enjoyed the film. I, I hopefully you you've seen it before, and we we didn't spoil too much for you. But um, if we did. Sorry, but <laughs> and, and mo- mo- most people have seen Home Alone. They don't realize that's John Hughes. So you know that guy. If you like that movie, you'll you'll yeah. definitely love this. Totally. Right? So. Yep. Well, Good thanks, stuff, man. Yeah, thanks again for uh, for listening for uh, joining us on this episode of Between the Frames, and uh, we hope you will join us again next time when we take a look into uh, another movie or show or something and look to see what's lurking there between the frames. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to Between the Frames with John and Joel. If you like what you've heard today, please remember to click subscribe and give a share and a follow on social media. Each episode will look to dive into the deeper meanings behind movies, music, and culture as it relates to life and faith. Thanks for listening and see you next time. (laughs) 